Amen. I want to just, uh, you know, I know, I know, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I just go with the flow. I go with the flow. Anyway, anyhow, God wants us to do it, we just do it. You know, if we, if, so if we go extended, we might go, we might go, we might extend past one thirty. Just bear with us. You know, this is this is God's church. So, so today's title is "Love Like Jesus." Love like Jesus. That's today's title. Last last week we talked about. You know, the Holy Spirit went us to to construct this this title called "Love." God loves you. You know. So today is love like Jesus. Let's look at Jeremiah 17, 9. Jeremiah 17, 9. Are we there? Good, thank you. So the human heart is more deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? You know, for me and I to really understand this text, we need to go back to the beginning. Look at Genesis 1.31, NIV. Genesis 1.31 says, God saw all he had made and it was very good. And there was evening, and it said there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. So when God created everything, when God created us, the Bible says we were what? Very good. It means, it means that when you say we are very good, it means that our body, our hearts were very good. If you say somebody says you scored very good, you scored very well, it means that score was excellent. So it means that our hearts was what also very good, but our hearts had not been polluted. Our hearts was not polluted. You know, Adam had free reign. He had a conversation. He was he was always communicating with God unhindered, but when the serpent tricked Adam and Eve. The Bible says sin came into the world. Evil, sickness, lying, everything bad entered the world. That's why you can see a two-year-old boy or two-year-old girl or two-year-old, you, you know, he, he just starts to lie. A six-year-old, he starts to lie. Nobody, his parents didn't teach him how to lie. It's because of what? That sin nature. Sin entered the world. So it means our nature was what corrupted by sin. Our heart was also corrupted by sin. Our nature was the nature of what? Of sin, the nature of the devil. Let's look at it now. John, John 8, 44. John 8, 44, living, New Living Translation. It says, for you are the children of your father, the devil. And you, do, you love to do evil things like he does. You love to do the evil things he does. 
<laughs> he was a murderer from the beginning and he always hated the truth because there was no truth on him in him. For you to know that he's the father of all lies. Because when he tells you, just to digress, but when he tells you, when he talks to you, he's telling you something that's opposite of what God is saying. Sometimes, you know, the Bible says, he says, you're healed. You say, no, you're not healed. He's the father of all lies. But that's not where I'm going. Look at what the Bible says. The Bible says, we love to do what the evil things the devil does. We killed. This is before, so you will not understand. This is before when we, when when sin entered the world. We killed. We lied. You know, you think about it. When when you read that Genesis, you you see the aspect of Cain and Abel. That's when the death. That was the first recorded killing. You know, we killed, lied, committed all various kinds of sin. Hated the truth. Hated Jesus. Hated anything. Our hearts before Christ were desperately what wicked and deceitful. I had I had about I had about a story. This like two years ago, I had a story of a, a girl who who colluded with her boyfriend to kill her mother. Why? Because her mother says, "I don't like this boy." That's all. You know, I don't like I don't I don't have good vibes about this boy. And what happened? She decided she colluded with her brother. She, she planned with her boyfriend. Said, let's kill mother. And he killed the mother. And ran away. Then he called. Her. And they now confessed. The boy killed the, the, the mom because the mom didn't want to buy him PS2 or something. Evil. This is our this, this was our heart our nature before Christ. But thank God for Jesus. When Jesus came, the Bible says, look at what, let's look at what the Bible says in Colossians 2, 11 to 16. This is what happened at salvation. Colossians 2, 11 to 16. When, when you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. You were dead, you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not cut away. But God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all your sins. 14. He canceled the record of, it, of the charges against you and took it away by nailing it on the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual, the spiritual rulers and authorities. He sent them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. So when we, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The Bible says our sinful nature was what? Cut off and replaced with the nature of Jesus. Please hold it there, Pastor. It says, verse 12 says, for you were buried with what? With Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life 
because she trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. So you see, you see here, there's a description of, you know, it's talking about the two kinds of baptism. The point of what? Salvation. When you see Jesus, the old sinful nature was, that's that wicked nature, that wicked heart was buried with who? With Christ. Jesus took our sins, all of the sins, sickness and everything, and buried it to Jesus, nailed it to the cross. And when you rose, you what? You rose a new person. Baptism is the same thing. When they lay you down, you're laying all, the, all your old self is going down. Then when you're raising up, rising up from the water, what happens? You're a new person. That's why baptism is important. It's a symbolism of saying, this is my new me. Think about it. You know, the, this is the way the, the Lord explains it to me. He say, think about it like a washing machine. In a washing machine perspective. When you have dirty clothes, you see stains on your clothes. You dip it, you dip it into water, into the washing machine. And after the washing machine has completed its cycling, you know, its, its cycle, you bring out your clothes to see whether the stain has been removed. You see, wow, the stain has been what? Completely, it's gone. Clothing is completely what? Clean. So that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. And it's, it confirms it in 2 Corinthians 5.17. New King James Version. Let's look at New King James and also Amplified. It says, therefore, if anyone is, let's look at King James is on the New King James on the left. Excuse me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become what? New. Look at what Amplified says. Therefore, if anyone is, is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a what? A new creature. Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Because spiritual awakening brings new life. So you're a new life. You're a new person. You know, somebody, somebody, somebody was sending us one time, one person that came to preach, you know, in the parent church. He was saying how, you know, some prostitutes came to him. And, you know, he's like, you know, do you want some or something like that? And the man says, I'm dead. It means what? He is a new person. He's not the old self. He's a new person. We are new people. We are a new creature. Because what? We accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Our spirit is new. We, we are new. We no longer have a heart that is deceitful and desperately wicked. We have a heart of what? Of Christ. And Christ's heart is a heart of love a heart of compassion. We are supposed to what? Love like Jesus. 
So the question I will come to mind is, how come some Christians still act as if they have a heart that is desperately wicked or deceitful? deceitful? Or we call it a heart of stone. The key is that, the key is that, that did, they, did they really believe what happened on the cross? That's the key. Do they really, have they really embraced? Have we really, not even they, see sometimes, you know, what happens is that, sorry, when I say they, you know, I mean you, because I'm not talking to they, I'm talking to you. The they are there, the you are here. And what happens is that also is that, what I've come, I've, I've also come across, I've noticed also is that, you know, it happened to me one time. Please don't don't tell anybody. You know, I went to church with my wife, and the the pastor was preaching. You know how this and that. In my heart, I was saying, "Yes, tell her, tell her." She, she you should keep telling her. It was it was as if the thing, the message is not for me; it's for her. You know, how sometimes we point fingers. This message is for you. It's for you here and here, and you that is listening that is going to listen online, or you that is listening online, is for you. The key here is we have not embraced what Jesus did on the cross. We have not embraced it. We have not embraced that what Jesus did on this whole aspect of cutting away our sinful nature and giving us the nature of Christ and the nature of love. We have not embraced it. We don't, we don't understand what the truth is all about. We have not understood fully this good news. I, I'll give you an example. You know, I watched a movie, you know, this movie called Overcomer. It's a faith-filled movie. It's, you know, we watch it in the theaters. My wife and I went to watch, watch in the theaters. It's like way before COVID. And I watched it again. There was a young woman who, who lived, you know, I'm not promoting Overcomer, but I'm just letting us know. You know, there was a young woman who lived with her grandmother, and her grandmother told told her that her parents had died. You know, and this 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 young lady was, you know, she, she wasn't she was she, she believed in Jesus. She she accepted Jesus as a Lord and Savior, but she still loved to steal people's things. She still she still loved, you know, she was a capital. Anybody, you know, boom, she would steal this, and she, she had. Lorry loads of people stolen items. And during the process, you know, of her, you know, of her life, she then found out that her father was alive and she was reluctant to, to meet her father. But through the process, she discovered herself. She discovered herself. And the process of meeting her father, the process of, you know, going through life, she understood and it strengthened her spirit, her Christian faith. And she started to believe Oh wow, Jesus Christ is my father. You know, there are some people, even pastors, that haven't really received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They preach the word, but they haven't received, they don't understand. It hasn't clicked. They don't understand that they, are, they have received Jesus. Jesus is their father. God the Father is, it hasn't registered. But it goes going back. This this young woman 
it registered. And I'm, a, I'm a child of God. And a child of God should not steal. A child of God should not lie. So what did she do? She returned all the stolen items. I can't imagine. I can't imagine, you know, what would be going through her mind when these people look down on me, me returning the stolen items. But she didn't care because she knew who she was. She knew she was a Christian. She, she embraced it. But she didn't embrace it before. You see, let me tell you something. You know, when, when, I, when I watched the thing, it registered, you know, she's not alone. She's not alone. Let's don't kid ourselves. We too, somehow, in our life, we have not really, it hasn't clicked. Because, it, and, okay, maybe, maybe you're very holy. Maybe you're extremely holy. But for me, back in the, I won't say back in the day, like a few years ago, you know, we go to church Sunday, Thursday, we go to church, but somehow I still had hurt, I still had hatred for somebody. Let's call it. Not even, not a few years, maybe, maybe I don't know, 10 years ago. I had not embraced the Christian faith entirely. I had not embraced that I have a heart of love. Instead, I had a heart of stone. Desperately wicked. But it was through the course, the one day I had an encounter with Christ. I had an encounter. I then realized that I was not living the life that God called me to be, that God set, set out for me. I wasn't living the life. I wasn't living the life. Let's, I'm your pastor. I have to tell you the truth. I was not living the life. But it dawned on me, I, 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 I realized that I was not living the life that God set out for me. My heart was desperately wicked towards somebody. But you know, change had to occur. I, stay, I had to embrace the love of God. I had to embrace that, you know what? My, my sinful nature has been cut off. Why am I going back and getting it back again? Why am I, it's been cut off. It's like, where, it's like I, what I was doing was, I was taking that, that sinful nature, taking out the life of Christ and saying, no, this, this is how I'm going to be. The Bible says you, you're, you're a new creature. I ask the Lord to help me so that I can love like Jesus loves. He taught me. He says, this is not, this is not, and it's a work in progress. This is not your life. This is not what you're supposed to be. This is not how you're supposed to be. 
I'm telling you, it happened. Because the person was poking me all the time. I, you know, was poking me all the time. Poking, poking, poking. But that's not what we, we're not called to, to do that. We're called to do what? Embrace who you are. You have the nature of, of Christ. Understand it. So now the question now will be, how does Christ, how does Jesus love? You know, it, it, the example that, that, that the, the Holy Spirit cannot drop to my heart was Peter. It was Peter. Peter. Peter denied Jesus how many times? Three times. However, this is the same Peter who did exploits for the kingdom. God used him mightily in the kingdom to the extent that his shadow was healing the sick. That's what we're talking about love. Look at it now. Acts 5, 15 to 16. Acts 5, 15 to 16. As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as she went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Jesus didn't count the denial against him. Romans eleven twenty nine says, "For God's gifts and call and His call can never be withdrawn." He didn't count it against him. Look, you will notice in the Bible, you just search the scriptures, you see, Jesus was always moved with compassion to heal the sick, to, to, feed, to, to feed the poor, and so on. And being moved with compassion, it means that you, you are, it, it starts with a heart of love. Knowing that you are, you are a new creature. Look at this scripture, Mark, 11, Mark 6. Mark 6, sorry. Mark 6, 34 to 37. Mark 6, 34 to 37. It says, it says Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a, a remote place. And it's getting late. This is a very scary place. So it's getting late. Let's go. Send the big crowd away so they can go and fend for themselves. So they can go to a nearby farm, villages, and buy food for themselves. But Jesus says, no. We need to feed them. With what they asked. It means that we have to, we have to work for months to earn money to feed this vast number of people. To, to buy food for all these people. You know, I want to just, when you say the sheep runs loose without, with, without a shepherd, the shepherd is, is what is the guide. Jesus was moved with compassion because the sheep always needs a shepherd. Every Christian needs a place of worship where they'll be fed spiritual food, which is the word. And that's why, you know, 
in our Hebrew 10, 20, 25, it says, do not what? Neglect the, the meeting together. Do not neglect the assembly. Do not neglect church. But that's the way we go. I was just trying to explain. Okay, good. Thank you. Thank you. It says, and let, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now in the day of his return is drawing in. Jesus, thank you. It's it, this what Jesus was saying. These people were what? Without shepherd. I need to feed them. Spiritual food and also what? Physical food. But the disciples had a different idea. He said, this is a remote place. So <laughs> please, oh, we need to go. Let them fend for themselves. You know, the Lord, the Lord taught me something one time and I'll share with you. I think I've shared with my wife before. The Lord taught me one time, you know, whereby we see some homeless people. And the first thought in our mind, when we see homeless people, they're going to use drugs, alcohol. If you give them money, it's drugs, alcohol. How do you know? The Lord asked me, how do you know? Don't you know you are a custodian of my money? He says, the Lord was saying to me, you need to have a heart of love, a heart of compassion. You need to have that heart. And it's amazing because if you've ever worked in a soup kitchen, you will have that heart of compassion. Because I worked one time, I decided to volunteer in a soup kitchen in Irvington. And I volunteered in that soup kitchen. You hear people's stories, heart-wrenching. It's not as if they, they, they choose to be homeless. Situations happen, they become homeless. And the Lord was saying to me, the Holy Spirit taught me, he says, you first seek, you first pray, you see somebody as homeless, you first what? You pray, say, God, should I give them money? How much should I give them? And the Holy Spirit always answers right away because he knows. The Holy Spirit will tell you, give them this. He knows. And he might even say, oh, but even if you see them, you walk, you go, Decide, okay, let me see whether this will work. Even if he decides to drink with the money, it is the Holy Spirit that will convict him. It's the Holy Spirit that will take care of him. It's not your business. You know, I'll give I'll just quickly say this. There was there was a there was a there was a um there was a pastor whose child was was going, you know, was just was just you know did things, the person, the, person, the person revolted, let's put it this way, the person revolted about, you know, against, against Christianity, you know, and said to go to clubs and go do all kinds of things that the worldly people were doing, like the prodigal son. And, you know, he, 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 went, to, he, went, to, he went to God and said, God, what, what should I do? The Lord says, love this child. <laughs> love the child. That's all you're called to do is to love the child. And he went to God and says, how do I love the child? He says, when she comes home 2 o'clock in the morning, cook for her. Ask her, what do you want to eat? Don't even think about, don't talk about, don't talk about what she did. Don't yell at her, don't do anything. Ask her, what should you want to eat? Do you want me to give you a cup of coffee? Do you want this? And he says, he kept on doing it and doing it to an extent that one day she went to the club and she looked up in the sky. She was smoking weed. 
And she looked up in the sky. She saw Abraham, Elijah, and and she and Jacob. And she was she she couldn't believe it. She ran home. And it was in her bed that she gave her life to Jesus and said, "How can I be smoking weed and I'm seeing Abraham? You know, Elijah? Are you kidding me? The key is that it is God. It is God. It is God that is." is it is God that, that does his own things. All we are is we're, we're custodians. God said, give, you just give, man, forget about it. God said, love them, love them. And you know, in the aspect of giving to the homeless, the Bible says you don't know who you're entertaining. You might be entertaining an angel. You don't know. You have no idea. See, so so in that Hebrew 13, 2, it says, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it. Isn't it us that I told us? I told us how somebody say he walked from, from Newark to Lawrence to Princeton. He can't walk from Newark to Princeton. And the Lord says, Sir, I should give him $20. What's $20? But the Lord said, give him $20. And as I gave him the $20, the man was excited. Hey, he prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed some more and prayed some more. And I said, look, but we have to go. Because <laughs> we, we, we have to go. It's, 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 you know, the man says, okay, I'm walking down to Boston now. I'm walking to Boston. We packed all our stuff. He even helped us, even packed the, thing, the, the stuff into the car. <laughs> he was excited. We, we said, Baba, I said, you want us to drop you? And he said, no, no, I'm walking to Boston. Anywhere I find, I'll preach to some people and I'm going to go. We, we drove around at the light. I decided to look. I didn't see anybody. I decided to look. I saw nobody. I told my wife, I said, this and he's ironically, we're, that, that week, we're teaching about angels. God came and confirmed his word. I don't know why I said that, but you know, you understand. God understands. But you see, if the Holy Spirit tells you to give, give. We're custodians. We are to love people like Jesus loved us. We're to love people. We're to love. That's all we're called to do. Look at Let's look at let's look at you know what what love from God's perspective is. Let's look at it. First Corinthians 13, 4 to 7. And please just leave it there for a little bit. Love is patient and kind. Think about yourself. This is what the Lord is saying. The way God has been patient with us. Do you know how many atrocities we've done that God has not looked away? Have we always answered him? Have we always when he says do something, have we always done it? The Bible says God is what? Patient and kind. He's not jealous. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. We're not little children that if you don't give you know, somebody, you start to cry. No, love is what? It does not demand its own way. God does not push us and knock us at the back of our head saying you must do it. 
It doesn't. How come you haven't done it? Eh? If you don't do it, I'm not going to give you my blessing. Oh, my man, if it does that, we ain't going to get blessed. We, oh, we are blessed. But I'm saying that if it does that, it means the things that we'll be asking God for, we'll never get to get it. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. That's where I want to focus right here. Can you imagine if God kept a record of all our wrongs? All we've done? You know some of us keep record of all that people have done for, to us? All the wrongs? Today, June 15th, 2019, Mataya, Matthias, she spat on me. June 25th, Jonathan hit my leg. Are you kidding me? We keep journals. We have journal closets of all the wrongs people have done to us. Our journals are in our head too. I remember 1955. Why do you remember? You know, there was a time that this happened in Sunday school. The Lord, we're talking about something like this. And I said to them, I said, if one day Jesus now, God says, you know what? I've decided to expose everybody. There was a TV, right? There was one TV, right? Where we teach Sunday school. There was a TV, right? I said, suppose it, God now decides, you see the screen, the TV screen? I'm going to post people's wrongdoings. Everything you have done wrong, I'm going to post on, on the TV screen. And I'm going to give, you, give the pastor a schedule when I'm going to post it. You know, my beloved sister Grace says, that first day, the first day that my schedule, like if she's on schedule on Monday or next Sunday, say that day she won't come to church. So I asked, I said, so if you, you, you don't want to, you don't want people to see your dirty laundry, but you want to expose others, and you want to, you want to keep others, you want to write every, everything about people's wrongs, why? Does that make any sense? The thing about it, look at what the Lord is saying in Hebrew 10, 16 to 17. Just because of time, I want to go fast. Hebrew 10, thank you so much. He says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. I'll write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and their lawless deeds. This is the nature of God. And this is the nature that we have too. This is the nature that we have too. Our nature is not a nature to do what? To, 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 to remember everything that people did wrong to us. Can you imagine if husband and wife remembered everything that they did wrong? They will never be husband and wife. You know, sometimes, sometimes I, you know, I do it and my wife is saying, don't, don't do that. I say, you know what, you're right. The Lord doesn't remember our sins. So why am I remembering somebody else's? 
Why do we remember somebody else? Can we forgive them? Can we say, you know what, from this today on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love them. Is it is the love yours? Is it yours? Is the love yours? Love is from God. Lost is from the world. Say, God, activate the power of love in me so I can love. You know, sometimes we don't activate it. You know, we get a credit card, we put it in the same. We say, oh, we'll activate it later. Then when we go reach the store, we'll try to use it. And it's not activated, so we can't use it. We need to activate the love of God in us. And how do we activate it? By asking, saying, God, help me to love this person. No matter what, I have the nature of Christ. Help me to, to love them. We have the power of love in us. But we need to activate it. We need to acknowledge that we have the love of God in us. I'm going to close with this, this right here. Let's look at Galatians 5, 16 to 25. Then we close. That's the last scripture. Then we close. It's long, but we look at it. Galatians 16, 20 to 25. So I say, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you, would, you wouldn't be doing what your sinful nature what craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. See what we're talking about? Wants to do evil, which is opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you're not free to carry out your good intentions. Then when you're directed by the Spirit, you're not obligated to the, you're not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires, look at what it says, when you follow the desires of the sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, adultery, sorcery. Sorcery be going, I'm going to do voodoo on that person. Are you kidding me? Sorcery. Hostility. You call the person, the person is yelling at you. Oh! <laughs> and you, you can't just say, it's okay, but I'm still going to love you. Quarreling. You're, you're constantly quarreling with everybody. Jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division. You're causing division all over the place. When they know you, they say that's, that's that person. Don't close your close your shop. That person will, will divide. Envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like this. Since the Bible says, "I tell you, you again, as I have been before." That anyone living that sort of life will never what will not inherit the kingdom of God. But look at what the Bible says. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of this kind of fruit in our lives: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against this. Those who belong to Jesus, Christ Jesus, have nailed the passions and desires. I'm talking about reading 24. Those who belong to 
Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. This is what we've been talking about just a few seconds ago. And since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our life. This is what we are called to do. We are supposed to follow the Spirit's leading. The Spirit would have told you, forgive that person. And you still say, how can I? Don't you know the person did what the person did to me seven years ago? Don't you know what the person did to me 10 years ago? You have a heart of stone. You release that person. The spirit, the fruit of the spirit is produced by the Holy Spirit who lives in you and I. The spirit produces these character traits that is found in the nature of Christ and we have that nature of Christ in us. If you want the spirit of the fruit of the spirit to grow in us, then we, miss, we need to what we need to join our life with his. We must know him, love him, remember, and imitate him. That's the most important thing. Imitate him. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Imitate him. The key here is that we we tend we we tend to to imitate our our old father, the devil, instead of imitate God, instead of imitate Jesus. The question is, what would Jesus do? You know, back in the day, it's like maybe five, six years ago, they had uh, rubber bands that, that said, what would Jesus do? The key I'm going to leave you with, or the question I have to leave you with, is whatever you're doing, ask yourself, what would Jesus do? If you're, if you're not loving people, yes, people matter. People will hurt each other. Let's, 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 let, me, let me get this right. Let me, let me tell us something. People hurt each other. Hurt people hurt each other. People that are hurt will hurt each other. But somebody needs to come and stand and say, no, I'm still going to love you. No matter what. I'm still going to love you. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to love one another. We're called to love our neighbors as ourselves. We're called, called to love others. Because the person that is hurting might, have, might, might not know the love of God. But we are called to love. And when we love those that are hurting, what happens? We're telling people, that we have the life of Christ in us, and you're showing somebody love, that is the most important thing. I'm going to leave you with a story that I just, the Lord just dropped in my heart. There was a young boy, I think I've talked about it before, but there was a young boy who, who basically, he, he went with his father to distribute tracks. Then one day his father says, I'm not feeling too well. You know, the boy says, I'm going to still go, daddy. I'm just going to drop it around our neighborhood. Maybe a few doors down. So this boy, he goes and does what? To this lady's house and knocks on the door. Constantly. He, was just, he did it for almost 30 minutes. And finally, this lady opens the door. 
And he gives a track and says, God loves you. That's all he said. This young boy, 12 years old, he said, God loves you. And what then happened? This lady later looked at the back of the track, saw the church and came to church. Came to the church. And during that time she came to the church, she went to the pastor and says, I have a testimony. The pastor says, okay, what's the testimony? And he related what, you know, what her experience to the pastor. The pastor was encouraged, he says, come and tell the church. And she, as she was telling the church, she was telling the church that she was about to kill herself. Suicide. Her husband had died. There was nobody. Nobody called her. Nobody. She put the noose around her head. She was standing on the chair. She was about to throw the chair down. She kept on hearing somebody knocking on her door. And she was wondering, can this person leave? So she waited. And the person continued to knock and knock and knock for 30 minutes. So she got tired of, and she saw she wanted to go and see who this person is. She opened the door, she was looking up, she didn't look down. And she went, when she opened the door, she, the boy says, God loves you. It brought tears in her heart that a God like this can love. So she decided not to kill herself. And she said she was start coming to church to hear about this God that loves me. And now she became, she had a church family that loved her. Let me tell you, let me tell you something. You are a tool. You are a vessel that God uses to the world to show the world what love is all about. And if you don't use it, God will use somebody else. But why don't you allow God to use you to touch others? Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we, we, we give you glory. We thank you. Thank you for your word today. Thank you, Lord, for telling us that we have the nature of Jesus. And the nature of Jesus is the nature of love. You're teaching us to, to know what it means to love others. To have a heart of compassion. You know, you're teaching us that love, you know, Love is the greatest thing. It's the greatest weapon. Love. I know some of us, people have done us wrong. People have insulted us. People have, people have, you know, spat on us. People have done all kinds of things. And we are having hurt for the other person, for those people. We have journals journals and journals of all that people have done to us but you're telling us today that we should take that journal and burn it take that journal and throw it away and we should activate love that's what you're saying we are the vessel 
Because if we're so hurt, whoever that comes our way would inflict hurt on them too. We inflict hurt on them too. But you're telling us that we are the vessel. We are the vessel where we have the heart of love, that we should give love, we should show love, we should. Love is an action word, we should show it. <clears throat> but the only way we can show it is by releasing those people. Releasing those people that have been hurting us. Releasing them. I say, Lord, I release them. Lord, I activate love in my heart. Holy Spirit, help me to love. You know, yes, your husband might not be doing things that are right, but we have the ability to love him. And love attracts. That's the beautiful thing about it. Love attracts. When somebody loves, the other party that is, he has a hardness of heart, he gets attracted to that love because it's, it's, it's amazing. That's basically what Jesus did. He says, and he says, he said, Jesus died for us sinners. We didn't love him. We didn't know him. We hated him. But now look at us. We are attracted to the love. We are attracted to that love. So, Father Lord, we pray that you open our eyes, open our hearts up to receive this message. To, to know, to just not receive, but to know it with, with, with some certainty, with all our, all our might, all our hearts, to know that we have the nature of Christ. And the nature of Christ, one of the attributes of the nature of Christ is love. So, Father Lord, we just give you glory. Thank you. Because Lord, today is a turning point in our lives. Today is a turning point because Lord, you're putting people away that haven't been loved before. And you see, you are the vessel I'm going to use to love them. So Father Lord, we just give you glory. We surrender ourselves to you. Help us. You know, help us so that this, this world will sink in. I know it's sinking in now, but help us to so it's sinking properly <clears throat> in the name of Jesus. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor, please.